3: Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports and Other, but Sports with Kent Sterling for Wednesday, October 2nd, 2019, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill is the best dentist that there is. 317-849-2933. Wherever you live, it's worth the drive. I promise you, I have been a patient there for 25 years. Nobody knows more about today's dentistry than me. 317-849-2933. It's Big Ten Basketball Media Day up in Chicago. Coaches talking, players talking, and one of the big topics that they are discussing, SB 206, the California law that's going to go into effect in three years and a couple of months, that would allow... allow collegiate athletes the option to do endorsement deals and would allow them to be paid for endorsement deals and licensing contracts for their image. They could be paid without suffering any consequences brought by the NCAA. Archie Miller strode the fence. Archie Miller reminded me of Mike Krzyzewski in this isolated instance. He is not a statesman. All right, when, when I got a chance to listen to Mike Krzyzewski talk to Malcolm Moran last year during the college basketball season, what Krzyzewski had to say was really what a college basketball coach would say. He's not a senator. We tend to look at Mike Krzyzewski. Be, he's always dressed nicely. His hair is always perfect. He looks kind of like a United States senator. He's not a senator. What he is is a basketball coach, and he represents himself as a basketball coach. He just wants to coach ball. Archie Miller, same thing. When people asked him about SB206 and athletes getting paid for licensing their likeness or endorsements, he said, I want whatever's good for basketball. He just wants to win games. That's what Archie Miller is about. Everything else in his life is a distraction. He wants to win basketball games. And so when he says, look, whatever's best for basketball, you know, there are a lot of really, really smart people who are going to sit around a table and they're going to decide this. What he's saying is, I don't want to be any part of this. What I want to do is coach my team, win basketball games, maybe win a Big Ten, maybe win an NCAA tournament, at least get to the damn NCAA tournament. So stop asking me about this stuff that I don't care a bit about. That's what he's trying to say. A lot of people have opinions. I want to say this, though, one more time. For those of you who listen to this, you've heard it ad nauseum. But I want to say it one more time because people just don't get it. It's not about the NCAA. The NCAA, these are not jackbooted thugs. All right? These are not people who are lording over college basketball. Mark Emmert isn't the czar of college athletics. The NCAA works in this way. It's a member organization. The members determine the legislation and the course of action. That's what the NCAA is. It's a, a compilation of members. The NCAA serves as an umbrella. The members come together and they legislate. This is not about what Mark Emmert wants. It's not about what happens in Indianapolis. It's about the university presidents. It's about the athletic directors. In some cases, it's about the coaches all determining what rules should be enacted by the NCAA it is not Mark Emmert. I keep telling you man it 's uh, to look at the NCAA as the shiny object that is in uh, that is flawed here is just not solid thinking. I used to think that way, and then a very generous person. Uh, Named Greg Shaheen, he steered me right. He said, listen, you don't get it. Here's what the the NCAA is and here's how it operates. Mark Emmert would love to change things, but the college presidents, the university presidents, they won't allow those changes to take place. I wizened, and I try to wisen you at the same time. And so when I was at the Colts Complex today, Colts, of course, practicing in preparation for their Sunday night football game against the Kansas City Chiefs, I talked to two really smart guys. All right, Bobby Okereke went to Stanford, Anthony Walker went to Northwestern, and I asked Anthony Walker about all this, and then I asked Bobby Okereke uh, about SB206 and what effect it would have. On college football and college athletics. Here's Anthony Walker. All right, let's talk to Anthony Walker of of the Colts. You know, with this SB two hundred six thing in California, what what do you think about college players and the potential for them being paid for endorsements and their likeness?
4: Uh, I think uh, that's not a good. I don't think it's going to be a good idea. You know, honestly, for for college football because you take away the you take away the the amateurism of it. Number one, you take away the, you know, the focus of it, actually, you know, go to go to school and get an education and play play football. And, um, you know, I I think, you know, when you look at it, you know, I do I do agree that, you know, colleges make a lot of money off of, you know, the the athletic programs and everything like that, Um, you know. I think if anything it would be the smartest thing would be to you know raise like cost of attendance, you know, give more on a scholarship, something like that. But when you actually say a player can go and get paid like a you know like a professional football player or a professional athlete, it, it it puts a little it puts a lot of sticklers on it because then it's uh you know is the is the college allowed to treat the player like an employee. Right. And control you know, can they control, you know, work hours? Can they control, uh, you know, because they don't have to worry about school anymore. So it's like, okay, I can, you're, you're an employee to me now. So can I control, you know, do you, when you get to go home for vacation? Do I control your vacation days? Do I control how many hours you have to be here? Right. You know, I can control that because you're an employee now. So I think it's a lot that goes into it that a lot of people don't realize that can affect college football because, you know, it can, it can, it can turn ugly really fast. Did you feel like you were exploited when you were at Northwestern? Nah, I don't feel like that. I mean, Northwestern is a great program. I got a great education for free that uh, I know I wouldn't have had the um, money to pay for. So, um, you know, but I think, again, you know, I think, uh, I, again, I do think, you know, if you if the, the, the right to be, you know, paid and everything like that, I understand what the, the logic of it is. I just think there's a better way to do it than to say, you know, I can, like, a player can just go and get paid. Like, that's not the, I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think you, you raise cost of attendance, you raise uh, the, the tuition and everything like that, that's a little different. I mean, not tuition, you raise what comes with the scholarship and everything like that, that's different. But when you say, I can just go and pay, you know, a player, then which players do you pay? The Only the, the big-name players? You know, so what about the other players who, you know, don't? Or not just a walk on, but he's a bottom. He's not. He's a, a bottom scholarship player. You know, does he get paid the same? You know, so it's like again, you become. It's becoming a professional sport aspect of it because I can pay the top guys. You know, I, I want to pay the top guys to keep them there or to get them to come. But when I pay the, I don't. I don't. I can't. I don't have to pay the younger guys or the guys that don't. You know, make as many plays or bring in the much, as much money. I don't. I don't have to pay them as much. You know, it becomes a professional aspect of it.
3: So if you're at Northwestern and, like, Giordano's comes up and says, Anthony, we want to pay you $5,000 to get your picture taken so more people eat our pizzas, would that have been a divisive thing in the locker room in Evanston?
4: I think so. I think so. I think, um, you know, it takes away the team aspect of it as far as, you know, oh, well, you know, he's getting paid, you know, like you know, it just it just takes away. Years. It takes away. And the NFL is different. You know, you yeah. know what you're coming into as a professional yeah. sport. You know, college isn't college isn't a professional. It's, a, it's amateurism. So that's why I say you know you do it the, you do it another way. You know, I don't. I understand players want to be paid, and I think they should. I do to a certain degree, though. I don't think it should be like that. Oh, I can. You know, Jared could come up to someone and say, you know, I'll give you this money to take a picture. And, you know, so this kid is walking around with that much money and, you know, the rest of the team isn't, you know. Like, that's what it comes to. That's what that's what it's going to come down to.
3: Perfect. How, let me ask you about the Chiefs as long as we're talking. Yeah. You guys playing Sunday night. Yeah. Um, this thing that happened this past Sunday, is that gone or does that fuel you guys toward the next game?
4: Yeah, we have to go this week. And, you um, know, uh, not that, uh, you know, this game is any bigger because it's the Chiefs. It's, the big, it's a big game because it's our next game. And, um, you know, we want to... We want to go 1-0. That's our goal each week, and uh, that's, our, that's our focus right now. You've got to be disciplined against Mahomes, right? Definitely. I mean, you've got to be disciplined against everybody in this league. Um, just Mahomes is a different breed at quarterback.
3: All right, let's talk to Bobby Okereke uh, about this, this thought, this SB206, and getting money for, for endorsements. What do you think about that? Um, You know, I think it is
0: tough. Like Anthony said, it's a slippery slope. Now can a guy just start selling his autograph off the street? Um, Or can he go into restaurants and get free food? I think that opens up a slippery slope and kind of professionalizes college sports. Uh, You know, I'm an advocate for just giving athletes more money and a stipend uh, towards the cost of attendance. Because... Um, You know, when you look at uh, the big TV deals and the big uh, salaries that these coaches are making, like there's a lot of money being generated and around uh, college football. So I think some of that, um, some of those funds should be distributed towards the players. In what avenue, I'm not exactly sure yet.
3: And right now, if a kid, and I heard you and Anthony talking about this, if a guy is putting videos up on YouTube, you can get paid for that, but college athletes can't get paid for that. So how how would that work in your world, and is that a fair use of this law?
0: Um, you know, I think in the old in the old system, it's kind of inhibiting athletes from uh, pursuing those other entrepreneurial sides or their other um, interests. So I think um, with this bill to open up uh, basically avenues for athletes to um, kind of monetize on their other skills. They're not just student athletes; they're not just athletes or students, but they also have interests in other things. So, like I said, it's 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 a difficult topic.
3: Do you think that it would tear a locker room apart? I mean, if you had one guy in college, a guy in Stan- at Stanford making a lot of money on endorsements and you're not making a lot of money, would there be jealousy and would that be a bad thing?
0: Uh, you know, there could be some, some type of jealousy, but I don't, I, I don't necessarily think it would be a bad thing. Um, yeah, I think obviously the, the best players would get more visibility and would um, generate more fans and more income in that sense. Um, but I think if you kind of tied it towards like just player to player, put it towards a stipend, their cost of attendance, stuff like that, I think that would kind of equalize it.
3: Would, it. would the ability to monetize general likeness, would it level the playing field, a place like Stanford, which we're going to assume was clean, versus schools where you know guys are getting paid by boosters? <laughs> um, I mean, in that sense, school to school, I don't know if it would really level the playing
0: field. I just think it would um, give each student an opportunity to really express themselves in their own
3: ways. Perfect. Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate it. That's Bobby Okariki, linebacker out of Stanford University, both Walker and Okariki, Really, really smart guys. And so we wanted to target them today and get their perspective on SB 206 and the possibility of collegiate athletes being paid. Surprising from those guys. You would think that former college athletes would be down with those guys making as much money as possible. But no. These guys, they they kind of understand Okariki a little bit more willing to give there than Walker. But Walker is kind of dead set against it. And Walker thinks that this could kill paying athletes, could kill college athletics as we know it. Could kill college football as we know it. So there you go. Hey, something interesting happened yesterday. And uh, I love this kind of stuff. And every once in a while, there's kind of a moment of humor and a moment of honesty as we deal with, with coaches, whether it's Frank Reich, and you'll hear from Frank Reich in just a couple of minutes, uh, Nick Siriani, the offensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator. Siriani yesterday was asked by Mike Chappell. To talk about Jacoby Brissett's speed, it was really, really funny. I want to share it with you now. you talked
1: about Jacoby's presence in the pocket, his strength. I guess how he, he probably avoided three or four sacks, by mm-hmm. people up, but people mm-hmm.
0: How can you describe his speed?
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he'll tell you. I don't want to. He'll tell you. He never. He never thinks he's fast. He, he's got. He's
3: got decent speed. I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say uh, it's great. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's great, but you know Lamar,
0: you know Lamar Jackson,
3: right? he's not Lamar Jackson. So I think uh, I think Hoyer asked him the other day. He's like, I think he asked him, are you were you Andrew
1: faster, and I think he said Andrew's faster. So yeah, it, you know, not to put he did, he he said that it's okay. It's not it's not bad. It's not good. It's fast enough. Yeah. you get on the open field. You think that should be. Yeah. And then it's not that much of left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least it wasn't a sack and it's a nine yard gain. I'll take that. I'll take that.
3: That's Nick Sirianni being very diplomatic about the speed or lack thereof of Jacoby Brissett. Frank Reich, he spoke to the media also today, and a lot of what he had to say that's interesting to us is about the injuries to Clayton Gathers, to Darius Leonard, and T. Y. Hilton. Here's what Frank Reich had to say today.
1: Okay, uh, obviously getting ready to go on the road. Sunday night football, um, big game against a very good football team, very well-coached team. I mean, Coach, Coach Reed has been a guy who I've looked up to um, and have obviously some connection to, so just have an immense amount of respect for him and, and the job that he does. And so uh, we'll have a good week of practice and look, look forward to going to Arrowhead. How much do you try to move past that playoff game or learn from it? Um, I think it's both. I mean, I, I, in one respect, we are moving past new team, both sides of the ball. Um, but you do learn from it. I mean, we have gone back and look at it. Um, you know, there's a fair amount of turnover um, on personnel in some areas, but you still can learn. Uh, you still can learn a lot from it. Frank, right. with uh, Ty, how much do you look at the bye week and factor that into you know possibly running the later this week? Um, it's always a factor. It's always a factor, but. Every game is so critical. Obviously, this game is really important to us, so um, we'll weigh all that as we go.
0: Hey, Bert, have you gotten any uh,
1: promising updates on him? Uh, on, on T.Y.? Um, you know, I think he's progressing. Uh, he will not practice today. I mean, I'll give you that heads up. I mean, he won't practice today, but I think he's progressing. Hey, Frank, you, you made a mention on the conference call on Monday about how you talk about Clayton in the concussion, and they kind of just pop up like the same thing happened with Darius. We didn't hear about the concussion for the next day, and you thought it might be kind of mild. But now we're going in two weeks. Do you feel like he's getting closer to potentially being? Um, yeah, I, I do think Darius has made a lot of progress. Uh, he will be out there today. He, he will be limited. Um, he will be limited at practice today, but he will be out there. So we feel like he's making progress. But you know, we want to protect the players, so we're going to do the right thing for the players with all the information that we have. The players, first and foremost, their safety is our primary concern, and uh, and you know we'll follow follow the protocol and follow what's best for them.
0: H- having played the quarterback position, and then now you're facing a guy like Patrick, who really
4: played the best in the league match, How tough is that to kind of try to come up with a scheme to slow down a guy who essentially do
1: everything? Yeah, I mean he's a he's a unique talent. I mean he's fun to fun to watch. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I mean. He's, Last week when we were uh, playing the Raiders and since, you know, we were watching, I was watching a lot of Kansas City's offense against them and he made a couple throws that you just shake your head and you say, how do you do that? But, so, you know, we respect that, but, um, and and like I've said before to you guys, I, I also respect who he is off the field. I think it's just great for the league when you got players that are that good, but also are really pros on and off the field. So, um, but make no mistake, I mean, you know, everybody... Everybody can be beat in this league. Everybody can be beat. I don't care how good you are, and, I, and he's great. But uh, this is a team game, and it's going to require our best team effort uh, to beat these guys.
0: Frank, uh, you had at times, I think on Sunday, five rookies on defense, you know, 11 players, which is crazy. But um, you guys figured you might be young. I mean, the injuries have accelerated that. But just as a coach, what's your perspective on that? great for them to get the snaps but
1: there's growing pains and all that so just how do you get your head around that yeah it is i mean what's funny is as that goes as it went on i didn't even realize that that was the case but there's a part of me that's very excited about that because i really think our young guys can play and um you never want it to come because of injury but it is a chance for them to learn and grow you know it's some of it's going to be learning on the run and there's going to be mistakes you got to accept that it's always that double edged sword you accept it but you still got to coach them hard and um, but you do. There is a little bit more um, grace, period, if you will, to under you know to know that they're just accelerating their growth. Rick, how much of last year, the Chiefs game, the 0 for 9 and all that, how much of that was you guys when you looked at said, hey, we wasn't take a great execute? Yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, you know not. I think it was both. I think they played good defense. We didn't execute. Um, the way we normally did all year long on third down. Uh, so you know, when you only get nine attempts, if, if it's if it's their good defense for a few plays and then us not executing for a few, that quickly, you know, you're running out of attempts. So it just puts an emphasis on making the most of every one.
4: Frank, I think you said yesterday the Raiders game felt like humble pie. Would you agree with that when you look at
1: the film and just a lot, a lot of mistakes you guys did yourself. Yeah, a lot of hum- yeah, yes. And uh, it, it was humble pie, and I think uh, at some point I probably said this before. I mean, humble pie does not taste good, but you, but in some ways it's really good for you. And um, there's no reason, you know, there's no reason for, um, you know, no reason for our team to, to, you know, to get to a point where we should be thinking that we arrived. But um, it's just human nature. Sometimes, you know, you have a week or two and, and things go well, and we had a two-game, you know, two games where we won – and maybe, maybe maybe, you just lose a little bit. Maybe you don't know if that's what it was. But if that's what it was, then this certainly brings you back to reality and can't wait to get out there Sunday night. Rick, you mentioned looking up to Andy Reid. Are there things that you throughout your career you try to copy almost from him what he does offensively? Yeah, well, certainly, you know, being with Doug Peterson in Philadelphia um, and him bringing that, you know, bringing that same scheme there and really learning – learning a lot of what andy was thinking when he when he and doug were scheming up this and the other their other coaches were scheming up their things um, you know just very creative very hard worker and um, you know just understanding how to use your personnel so yeah there's no doubt i've learned from him right like
2: there's no this is more coincidental than, than copying andy but he had a quarterback that he got to sit a year in, in his system you have a quarterback who got to sit a year in your system, how? How beneficial is that for, for... I think
1: it is beneficial. You know, I think it is beneficial. I mean, it's obviously, you know more beneficial to play in, in many respects. You, you learn a lot playing, but you can still learn a lot sitting without taking the beating, and, and you get a perspective that is a slightly different perspective, and, and all that factors into when you actually step out there, and I think Jacoby's a good example of that, you know, of how he's in many respects, it's early, but he's exceeded expectations, I think, from on, on every front, so because he, he was a pro last year, and even though he didn't get a lot of reps, uh, came out ready this year.
2: Probably wouldn't happen with every quarterback. How tough is it to be the backup and then put to to, to make that much progress
1: while you're while you're sitting on the bench? It's hard. It's hard. And so that's a credit to him. It's also a credit to the guys around him. You know, I mean, he's on a good team, and he has good players around him. That's that's critically important as well. Frank, you mentioned Ty and Darius. Will Clayton practice today? Um, Clayton, uh, to the, the Clayton will not practice today. One of thing on the rookie, to
0: follow up, um, How much does their maturity level play into how they handle playing early and and the ups and downs that come with that? And I know that's something you guys place great emphasis on, you know,
1: scouting them. Yeah, no, that's that's really key that uh, we do place a lot of emphasis on their maturity, on their emotional intelligence, if you will, because it's a long season. It's a long grind, you know, with our mantra of get 1% better. And how hard we're going to coach, guys. You got to be able to take that. You got to be able to take hard coaching, and um, not hard coaching like with an attitude. But you're going to, we're going to give you feedback on every play, good and bad. So you got to be able to handle that. So that's a big factor. One other thing I hate to get going back to the Kansas City game, but maybe the one thing that stood out was the offensive line, how it, it, it had played so well for so long, and then that game was just maybe probably the worst of the season. You see a group that's kind of take that to task and try to account for that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think probably in that respect we've a little bit moved on. You know, you certainly learn from it. I, you know, I don't know. I guess I'd have to ask those guys. But um, that we know this is a unique environment. And, you know, especially when you don't get off to a good start like we did and, and this wave of momentum against you. But what we really have to learn from that and then learn from like weeks last week is, you know, one of the things we talked about this morning is you got to be able to weather some storms, you know. Uh, and when you go on the road against a good team, they're going to make some plays. There's some bad things that are going to happen to us, um, and you got to be able to weather that storm and come out of it. And just uh, as we say, turn the page and and play the next play.
3: That's Colts coach Frank Reich from a little bit earlier today. Sports tonight, you got the A's and the Rays just after eight o'clock in the Wild Card game at the American League, and then tomorrow night the National League Division Series. You've got the Cardinals and the Braves. Followed by the Nationals and the Dodgers, and I'm telling you, the Nationals as a 17- to-one underdog to win the World Series a couple of weeks ago, was a great investment. Why don't I gamble for the love of God? I took a bet for somebody else. I'm not going to mention his name went placed that bet at Indiana Grand hundred dollars. If they win, he gets 1,800 back. I should have done five. Because if you bet five on that, you get nine grand back in your pocket. After you win. And I really think that the Nationals have a terrific chance to win the World Series. Maybe I'm nuts. I don't think it's going to be the Astros. That lunatic who bet $3.5 million to offset his risk because he guaranteed, I don't know, he's going to guarantee refunds on mattress purchases over $3,000 if the Astros win the World Series. So he's trying to offset his risk by uh, wagering a bunch of money on the Astros so he can cover his loss in case they win. That kind of thing, that just makes my head spin. That's not gambling to me. That's just crazy. Walking into a place with $3.5 million, I ain't doing it. I'm not carrying $3.5 million ever. Number one, I'm not sure I could lift it. Number two, that holy cow! I'd, I'd I'd have to be surrounded by armed guards, but I would be convinced that the armed guards were going to turn on me, and we're going to steal the three and a half really large themselves. So uh, Pacers, they're in India. The plane has landed, and they're getting ready to play. They're going to play nine thirty. On Friday morning and 9.30 on Saturday morning, local time, I cannot wait to see this team play. I think the Pacers have a chance to do something special. I love what Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan and Peter Dinwiddie and Ryan Karn, the entire front office are doing. They're trying to build a team entirely of selfless basketball players who are team first. I've never seen this in the NBA, at least not over the course of the last 30 years, and I think it's going to be fascinating in this day and age to see what this kind of roster construct brings to the Pacers franchise. I think it's going to be all kinds of fun, and you better get on board this train quick because they are likable. They're going to play basketball the right way. People in Indiana are going to love this team. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Breakfast with Kent at 8 o'clock on Facebook Live and then on Periscope Live at about 8.15. I can't wait to talk to you then. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Join me. Anatomy of an ad.
2: Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.
3: Define an opportunity.
2: Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming.